105. Welcome to the Buzzkill Podcast, where today's episode is... <laughs> what a bunch of clowns. <laughs> oh, does oh, that tiddlywinks? Tiddlywinks. Tiddlywinks, it's man. A, it's a rare, rare tiddlywinks sighting. It's uh, Pennywise's <laughs> stupid idiot brother. <laughs> stupid idiot brother. So uh, so today is the first, uh, first episode in our month-long uh, Stephen King appreciation series, I, we'll call it. Because uh, if you don't, great, great name for it. If you don't know, Mr. King was born in the month of September. He was. How old is he this month? Oh, jeez, I don't know. Me neither. <laughs> We're off to a banger start. <laughs> I, uh, I just looked uh, it up. Eleven. Was that? Did oh, you, he's eleven. Did you mean to do that? What? We're off to a banger start. I did not. Banger Maine. No. That's ah. Look at that. Look at that. <laughs> look at that. That's awesome. We're in the zone. Super. So um. So yeah. So it's last week we rolled the die and uh, we did a. It was a comparison. So we decided to do. Uh, the original It and the new It, but just part one. Just part of one of the original miniseries, because mm-hmm. it, it deals with uh, when they were mostly when they were kids. Yep. A little bit when they were adults, and then, uh, God, and then God willing, next year we'll still be doing this. And we'll be able to do part two. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then obviously uh, the the Andy Machete, the new one from mm-hmm. 2017, involves just uh, just the story, the beginning of the story with them as children. Yep. So. We just decided to do the first part and the mm-hmm. new one. We're going to do a little compare and contrast for y'all. Oh, yeah. So, but anyway. Before we get there. Yeah, what's going on? What's, what's, what's new with you gentlemen since last we okay. spoke? I got my wisdom teeth taken out today. Oh, did you? Yeah, oh, Congratulations, did. James. Yep. Oh. Uh, it was, it was, <laughs> they just, uh, I didn't even get put under. Really? Yeah. It was, wow. Yep. I just told him to yank them out. And... So instead of going under, did you just get super high? <laughs> yeah. Because I got high. <laughs> uh, Jay, what'd you do? <laughs> uh, I, well, I'm actually not drinking today. Why? Um, 
Well, as like roommate Jen, I am also pregnant. Oh, <laughs> Who's the lucky fella? <laughs> uh. <laughs> Me. Uh, I actually had a wisdom tooth taken out today. You too? I did. Oh, nice. My first time, I had got, one single one taken out. It got taken out of James's mouth and put right in, the, in yours, and then they removed it. And, and they took it. Yeah, and they that's, did. that's the one. Yeah. They're like, that. you can't have two wisdom teeth on one side on the top, so we're going to take one of those Jameses out. It, it, was, it was actually mine that got implanted there during a particularly vigorous makeout session <laughs> <laughs> and they had to they had to pop that sucker out of there it was so vigorous we called it rake out like because like, you're like one of those steel rakes where you get the stuff out of the ground and you raked it right into my hands it's a really weird vision that was weird <laughs> he uh yeah uh, but no i did not get wisdom teeth taken out jay did and it was interesting so i've never had any procedure like that done before and you can hear i'm talking pretty perfectly clear at the moment um i uh had, when, it when was i zero, first walked in you weren't it, i had a big wad of gauze in my mouth just a big wad in my mouth <laughs> and the crazy thing was the guy that that did it he was in and out of my mouth in like under 20 seconds <laughs> the, 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 was it or- dr mike the oral surgeon <laughs> so it was easy man they came in gave me a shot didn't even feel the shot to numb anything he was like all right you're gonna feel look around here all right you're gonna feel some pressure what here's your tooth and it was literally like 10 seconds just felt like pop that sucker out and then nope i was like really that that fast He's like, yep, and uh, no pain. I haven't taken any pain meds afterwards or anything. It's just, it's golden, man. I was the same way when I when I had my wisdom teeth taken out when I was younger. It was the same thing though. I had both of them removed. I never never got the. Uh, but you the, mean the, like the but like top and bottom? You mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, got, I got everything removed. Mm-hmm. I I never swelled up like a. Uh, what wait, do you call it? wait. Do you get um, wisdom teeth on the top? Am I stupid? Yes. Yes. Okay. No, you're not stupid. <laughs> I don't. I don't. Well, remember. you are stupid. <laughs> I don't remember getting my tops taken out. No, no, no. I got I, everything was taken out that was there. Put it that way. In okay. Mind. Yeah. But uh, I, I didn't chipmunk up. I didn't have uh, crazy uh, pain or anything like that. Like I had, I had a bottle of Vicodin that I think I, I took just to try to sleep one night because it was like a little bit of a nagging pain or you whatever. Took them all at once. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm dead. <laughs> I'm dead now. Um, yeah, no, I just, I never had a problem with it. My, so. uh, my wisdom teeth story is not that fun. I told you guys that earlier. A, a more fun story to tell about wisdom teeth is. When I was in high school, I was in a band called Experimental Bear Suit, mm. and uh, one of our good buddies, Greg, uh, who I've known for 31 years at this point, he was the singer in the band. 31 years too long. 31 years way too long. <laughs> one second is too long with that asshole. Uh, no, but <laughs> he went and got his wisdom teeth taken out, and we had a, a show coming up like the next uh, like the next weekend or something, and mm-hmm. so we made him come over and practice. <laughs> For four hours. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> he was singing the whole time, clenching his bottom jaw like this with his hand and singing, and you could just see the pain on his face. And we're like, "No, man, oh, you gotta fight through the pain." <laughs> a bunch of assholes. I don't know why he did it. I was like, it, looking back on it now, it's like the <laughs> we weren't. I mean, we were a fun band, but we were not good by any means. Which I'm sure I'll catch hell from him for saying that. But uh, <clears throat> to practice for four hours, having just gotten your wisdom teeth out, we were such assholes. Mm-hmm. But it was probably just the instrumentation that needed the rehearsal. So yeah. Anyway, we do. You've had a eventful week. I have had a very eventful week, actually. You uh, bought a boat. I I, I did not buy plane? a boat. I did not buy a plane. Automobile. I bought a boat plane. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I bought. Um, yeah, no, I bought a new car. Yeah, uh, which is cool. I uh, got rid of the uh, after twelve years or so. I got rid of the giant orange pumpkin toaster that I've been driving around for. 
AKA the Honda Element. Yep. <laughs> I love that car. I still love that car. And my, my plan was always to buy another one. Um, I just didn't. Well, and your plan was to buy another one after that one hit 300K. 300K. It got to the point, though, where you're, you're starting to put money into a car that isn't, wasn't the most reliable thing anymore. So yeah. I uh, decided to pull the trigger on a 2015 Jeep Renegade. Damn. Which is... Uh, what a baller. Pretty, pretty sexy little piece of machinery. And I, I hopped in that thing, and I, I looked down like our, uh, by the uh, by the shifter, mm-hmm. and damn it if the, the, the lining on the shifter isn't the color of his orange Honda element. It, so it lives on in a way. It does live it's on. It's pretty cool. There, and like, there, and the, like the detailing around the speakers mm-hmm. and stuff is all that orange color. It's pretty funny, actually. Yeah. There was a, I was driving today and a guy in an orange Honda Element pulled up behind me off the free, when I got off the freeway. It's no and I was like, oh, it's going to be Mike. <laughs> and I was like, no, that guy's got a mustache. And that is not Mike. I, I do, I do kind not of currently Mike. have a mustache. It's funny how many of those things I would see around here and I would always just assume it was you because I was like, there's nobody in the world who owns a They're orange Honda Element besides I, Mike. <laughs> when, I, when I went to the uh, dealership, they were only going to give me, they were going to be way under what the car was worth, even mm-hmm. with 215,000 miles. Those cars hold their value. So I uh, took it upon myself to flip it in 24 hours, and I'll be damned if I didn't, or if I did. And um, it's funny, after after I sold it, I continued to get calls on it for the next couple of days. Did you really? I probably got over 30 calls on this car. Who would have ever thought that the Facebook marketplace would be such an effective sales tool? It's a great tool. place. That's, <laughs> that's, where I, crazy. that's where I sold it. Except for when you're me trying to sell stuff. <laughs> how, many, how many miles are on the... Because you were dealing new, with a bunch of dolts. Title listed as brand new in the box Saturn Ion bumper. Right? For sale. <laughs> hey, how many, hey, how many miles that thing got on it? And I replied, zero. And they go, shut up, you're lying. There's no way that a 2004 can have zero miles on it. <laughs> hey, is that thing still run or what? <laughs> That's exactly what I got. Multiple messages like that. It's a bumper. Does it have uh, power windows by chance? <laughs> <laughs> it's a bumper. I should have took the lady up on the offer who was like, oh, my God, this is such a great deal. I really need a car. I just died. I'd be like, come pick it up. You just show, you just show up with a bumper outside of Red Robin. All right, lady. It's all yours. How am I supposed to get home? Just bump your way out of here. Yeah, uh, so after I got the new car, though, I played a show. Oh, yeah, sorry. We went on a tangent. No, I played a really kick-ass show on uh, Thursday that, 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 that you came out to. Yeah, you guys did a good job. It was, uh, it was a real fun show. Um, and then I went up north for the weekend to the girlfriend's cottage. That was fun. Met the family met the, for the met, first time. Met the family. I'm uh, I'm pretty sure... Uh, I, made, I made a really good impression with the kids, so... Uh, so I, I think I think those are the right people to impress. Explain yourself, sir. <laughs> um, no, no, I won't. No, okay, that's fine. We'll just we'll just leave it at that. No, she had a, she had a whole bunch of nephews and stuff up there, and I was uh, playing with them all weekend. Or whatever it was fun fun time. And then uh, yesterday, yesterday I crossed off something off my bucket list that I'm I'm happy to say that I did. What's that? I went to a live. WWE oh. wrestling event. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Smackdown. Yeah, baby. You um, and you and roommate Jen, eh? Me and roommate Jen went and it was everything that you would expect it to be, both good and bad. <laughs> how are, how are your seats? Fantastic. Yeah. So good. Twenty dollar seats. Guys in front of us paid seventy dollars for theirs a couple weeks earlier. Really? Yeah. And did you get uh did you get them on StubHub? No, they're straight the... they're straight off Ticketmaster. So why did those guys pay so much? Uh about forty percent of the venue was tarped off with black tarps really? because it was just undersold, yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah. Is it that damn asbestos again? It's, it's <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Where it's, was it, LCA? Yep. Huh. So, uh, and it just, it just, it's September, I, it's, it's historically a bad 
I guess a bad month for for like wrestling in, ge- in general. I don't know why that is. Uh, every people month, are, every every month is a bad month for wrestling. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Some guy was trying to tell me about it last night, but huh. but it was it was super fun though. I, I mean, LCA definitely a, go to one. That's a pretty big place. Did they really expect it to sell? A lot. I mean, I mean, sure, why not? I guess wrestling is pretty massive, though, isn't it? It really is. It always surprises me how many people are actually into it. The uh, the guys that were sitting in front of us, though, it's like, I, I don't say this to many people, but like, I wanted to look look at them, just like, you guys need to get a life, <laughs> like, and that's bad coming from it's me. It's just funny because that's what I tell <laughs> I, you I know, when you watch wrestling. I know, like, <laughs> like no, like, I'm I'm one of those casual fans that like, decently <clears throat> casual fans where it's like I get a kick out of it and it's fun and I and I it's my stories that I watch. Yeah, every I was week. gonna say you watch it like it's a soap opera. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> I don't take it seriously. These guys were head to toe in all the wrestling gear. Yeah. Yelling shit. Like, this the stupidest shit. And I, I look at them and I was just like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> like, like some some husband and wife duo came out and they're talking about something. And, she, and, and the wife is like, oh, yeah, well, blah, 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 is afraid of me. And the, and the guy in front of me is like, yeah, they're afraid of you because have you looked in a mirror? <laughs> like, I, I looked at Jen and I'm like, the fuck did he just say? Like, sick burn. Oh my man. god! Like, they, like, and they and they would just stand up and start chanting, just the most pointless, stupid shit, <laughs> just to start a chant. They don't even believe in what they're saying. It was like literally. He, I, I made fun of him at one point, and he looks back. and goes, "Oh, I'm just trying to start a chant. I don't really think that." I'm like, "What the motherfucker are you?" Doing? <laughs> I had to like remove myself and be like, "This is a whole world that I'm not a part of." But it was still fun to be there just to see it live. I was gonna say, at least they're having fun. Oh, well, whatever. I don't know if they were. They legitimately <laughs> seemed like they were pissed. But I, I had fun though. It was good, good, good times. Cool, cool. So, uh, I didn't do anyway, much. That was my week. I didn't do a whole lot. I went to the zoo today. That was cool. Oh, yeah. Took, nice. took our daughter because it's uh, my son started school. So and she starts school next week. Isn't that weird? My daughter's starting school already. So we took her to the zoo one last time. It was Seniors Day. So, so, there's so just you guys like, got him so, for free. Well, well, we, <laughs> <laughs> so we we went in thinking like, oh, school's back in. We're gonna have the whole place to ourselves. And then it's like you get stuck behind a line of wheelchairs. What are you gonna do? Get get your own wheelchair, and, and it was also nine thousand degrees outside oh, yeah, today. It oh, it was so miserable. Gross. So that sucks. Yeah, when we had fun though. When you're trying to get to the grocery store and you get stuck in an aisle behind that, and they're like, "I'm just trying to look at the Campbell's soup." <laughs> so what happens when you're getting by the polar bear? <laughs> you like, like everyone's trying to get in the penguin thing, and you're waiting like an hour to get in the penguins because their walker gets stuck on the threshold. Is that how it works, or what? The tennis balls. They they need to come up with a, a, a something better than the tennis ball. To get over a threshold at a penguin uh, penguinarium. Pe- it's Pe- called it's called wheels. <laughs> <laughs> I've I've always wondered if that if that's really uh like how much of how much of tennis how much of the business uh do do tennis balls get like spalding from people putting them on their walkers? Well, probably a lot. You think so? You'd probably be such a weird, random thing. Has for... anybody ever patented that as an actual idea? I don't know, because most people copyright. just use yeah. copyright. Yeah, TM. Got it. That's a. I just I just went on the copyright website. <laughs> it's a, it's a verbal copyright, copyright and a verbal trademark. You can't you can't break that. We'll still have a few days, quite a few days before this episode comes out anyway <laughs> to do it. So it's already been done. Damn it. <laughs> Speaking of copywriting good ideas, let's copyright not getting shit wrong. Okay. That that would be a good idea. Stupid! You're so stupid! <laughs> the way that cut off at the end is like, that would be a good idea. <laughs> and then the guy told you you were stupid. All right. It all works um, out. 
Alright, so just a couple little things. Uh, Todd Phillips is the guy that's directing the new Joker movie. Uh, he did The Hangover and uh, some other stuff. The Hangover. The Hangover. And then um, also... Is, is, are you talking about the the Joaquin Phoenix one? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Did you see his uh, his what he's saying to everybody that's concerned about it? Mm-mm. That he just doesn't give a fuck what anybody thinks, basically? Oh, Joaquin's saying that? Yeah. Well, good. that's, that's kind of him. Yeah. Like, he's he's that kind of, like, actor. Like, he just does projects he wants to do. And well, also, he gives a also shit somebody about. commented on it and says said, that sounds exactly what, like what the Joker would say. So maybe he's already in character. Oh, he's a character oh, actor. He is so. a character actor. Or not an actor. And then also I said there was 12 Puppet Master movies yeah. in the original series. There's 10. Uh, however, you however, I was still technically sort of right because there's 10 original Puppet Master movies, one non-canon spinoff, and then the remake. Mm. So technically there are 12. Yeah. But I said specifically the original. So. There you go. Uh, that's it. That's all we got. That's all? That's it. Alrighty. So, uh, this, like, this week, like we mentioned earlier, <clears throat> we are talking about the original It, the first half of the original It mm-hmm. miniseries, mm-hmm. and also the new Andy Machete It from mm-hmm. 2017. Gonna do a little compare and contrast, and for that, Michael went out and picked us up some Nowhere in Particular. Oh, wait, hold on. Is that the name of the beer? I believe it's... The- oh, no, no. Okay, Nowhere in Particular is the name of the brewery. Yes, I believe I've so. never heard of that before. Have you? I've seen that stuff before, but I, I, know, I know nothing about it, though. Uh, brewed and packaged for Nowhere in Particular by Rivertown... Oh, Rivertown Brewing Company. Aha. Uh-huh. Uh, right in now. Hamilton... Uh, on Hamilton, Lebanon Road in Monroe, Ohio. Oh, it's Ohio beer? Gross. <laughs> <laughs> um, and this is called... This is batch number 27, old school, new school, IPA. Yeah. Let's see what Mikey did there. <laughs> old school, I'm new so school. smart. And it's batch 27, because we all know what 27 means in the It's movies. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> wait, did, you Dude. Didn't, wait, you didn't get that when I told you when you first walked in? I said, read it. Yeah, yeah, I didn't. I didn't pay. I didn't pay attention to the number twenty-seven. Oh, at all. you're so dumb, dude. This was a really good pick, actually. I, I know it was, James. That's crazy, man. I didn't give you enough credit earlier. <laughs> so batch number twenty-seven, obviously, because uh, uh, the number of years between the creature falling asleep and waking mm-hmm. back up Every to wreak havoc again is twenty-seven years. Yes. Also, twenty-seven years between the original miniseries and the Andy Machete mm-hmm. remake. You know what? Reach down in there and give me one of those guys. Really? Yeah, I don't have to put it I don't have to let it sit around that tooth. I can keep it off to the side. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I like your spirit. They Jay. told what? me they said have whatever you want. Just don't eat anything that's gonna get stuck back there. So Well that's not gonna get there stuck. Go. Exactly. <laughs> Unless it's chunky for some reason. <laughs> um, just get a straw and drink it on the other side of your mouth. <laughs> you're not supposed to use straws. <laughs> uh, oh you're not you can't use straws? Uh-uh. Huh. Um, so, okay, so batch number 27, old school, new school IPA. Ale brewed with classic sea hops and new age methods. The beer you're holding is a beer that will never be made again. Oh, that's too bad. <laughs> <laughs> it is the only one of its kind and represents an ever-aging lineage meant to abolish monotony and clear the way for audacity. Stimulated? Well, then visit Nip Brew Co. nipbrewco.com for intimate details about the can in your hand. And it just so happens I, I visited Nip Brew Co. So uh, just to kind of make sense of what I said earlier on the can, this is brewed for nowhere in particular by Rivertown, right? Mm-hmm. Well, so, it, it was ba- it was brewed at Rivertown, but it's not a Rivertown beer. It's right. a nowhere in particular beer. The interesting thing about nowhere in particular uh, is it's just it's one guy. His name is um, 
Charles Navillis, mm-hmm. and uh, he's he calls himself a hobo brewer. So a little information here is uh, with a backpack as his bindle stick, Charles Navillis glides from town to town like a better beer fairy, alighting on breweries and blessing them with his barley-based goodness. The king of the hobos calls no brick and mortar his home. Instead, he rents unused fermentation capacity at established breweries, filling otherwise empty fermenters with high-octane magic. Not being shackled to a building allows Navillis as much freedom to create as he has to move. His beers dart from style to style, rarely brewing the same beer twice. Blink and you will miss him, with only archaic and incoherent hobo signs drawn in the sand as evidence of his having passed through. Um, so, a little more information on this Batch 27, then. So when they say it's a one of a kind, yeah, he's, it's he's literally he does one small batch and then he just moves yeah, on to the next. Yeah, he's literally brewery. a hobo guy. He just travels from place to place, buy, buy <clears throat> finds you know a place where he can brew a batch of beer, and then makes it. Right. And when it's gone, it's gone. Right. That's, That's amazing. That's awesome. So this uh, this batch twenty seven new school old school IPA fun IPA with old school sea hops and progressive methods Juxt- juxtaposition can be a fun little thing when it comes to beer. This is a perfect example of. That, with more traditional sea hops being used in conjecture with some fun new techniques we have picked up along the way. Combine that with Hornendal Kvek, I don't know how to say that word, Kvek yeast, a fun little new wor- Norwegian yeast strain that's just a couple centuries old, almost went extinct, and has seen a recent rise in popularity. It's easy to see why all these ingredients have been popular at one time or another. This guy is flavorful and juicy, has almost no bitterness, and my personal favorite has plenty of well-disguised alcohol. You'll be drunk before you know it, (laughs) seeing ghosts of your Norwegian ancestors looking on with pride. Maybe our parents weren't wrong when they said they don't make them like they used to. So cry out, jubil, and drink promiscuously, friends. Malts, two-row, malted oats, hops, cascade, centennial, citrus, CTZ. Yeast is the Hornendal Kivyek. It's uh, 8% ABV. So, uh, available states, Georgia, Kentucky, Michigan, and Ohio. So, we really lucked out on this mm-hmm. one. This is all really interesting. I'm sorry, that, I'm sorry that we read so much had. about this beer, but like the more that we read into it, the more interesting it became. So, we hope that you enjoy that. And if you're in one of those four states, you should go out and... Even if it's... I'm sure it's going to be delicious. Uh-huh. Even if it's not, you should just go out and grab it for the yeah. story anyway. He might actually be the most interesting man in America or the world or whatever that. Uh, yeah, screw the guy from. <laughs> I don't always this drink is... craft beer, but when I do, it's made from a hobo. <laughs> <laughs> do you ever have any of that toilet wine? <laughs> or by a hobo, not from a hobo. <laughs> they just bathe in the. <laughs> Cheers, boys. That's really good, That's good. too. Man. I almost kind of miss the bite though. That most uh, that most IPAs have. Yeah, I'm missing a little bit of that back bite, but this, the taste is really good. This would almost like to me, it seems like it would fall closer into the New England style IPAs. It's got sort of that fruity, juicy sort mm-hmm. of flavor. Yep, I agree. Yeah, it's really, can, I get good, the, I, I like the uh, sweaty hobo balls in there. And <laughs> <laughs> <In> the uh, <laughs> almost a spit take. A little bit of old sleeping bag. <laughs> I like it. Uh, Very so nice. There was another one that I was trying to find. Um, Stone makes it. I don't think they package it though. I think. You can only get it in their brewery, yeah, uh, in California, and they actually use um, repurposed sewer water. What for like, for the beer? What? Yeah, it's weird. It's all filtered over. It's, it's their way. It's, so it's their way of trying to recycle um, a lot of a lot of the water. I guess that's in. 
Well, that's horrifying. Yeah, yeah but but being that it takes place in the sewers, it would have been a perfect yeah. beer, literally made from sewer water. That's awesome. Um, well, but, I'm, yeah, uh, well, I'll go on record as saying I'm glad you got this one because chances are this is probably I, I'm sure he has spent some time in the sewer. But <laughs> well, I'm guessing not much of that went into the beer, so that's good. That's good. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, that's what we're drinking. That's what we're talking about. Let's get into it. Thank you, uh, Aaron Neville, for that that <laughs> beautiful intro. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, here are your headlines for this week. Um, we talked a little while back about how Netflix was making a uh, series based on The Witcher. Yeah. The uh, the books and the video games or whatever. Mm-hmm. They have cast their Gerald, and it's a fantastic casting job. I saw it earlier, and I can't remember. Henry who... Cavill. There we go. There oh, my is. God. Did you see the picture of him? <clears throat> yeah. Holy shit, he yeah, looks, looks good. Yeah, looks good. Looks so good. There's an artist rendering. Uh, some guy that does a lot of... Uh, he's really good at Photoshop, obviously, and he knows how to like mock things up. Uh-huh. Um, he did one, and man, he looks fucking good. Yeah. Uh, I am getting more and more excited for that series as every time I hear more news about it. I'm excited for the series. I feel like I should... I've only ever watched you play the game for a short period. You should read the I books. Feel like I sh- you should read the books at least to catch up on story. Yeah. And then play the game if you have time. It's a long fucking game, yeah. though. Yeah. It's a really awesome-looking game, though. It is awesome. Um, okay, so speaking of awesome, uh, Barbara Crampton is... Uh, she's going to be hosting a new show that is being made by Fangoria called the uh, Ghoul Gang Slumber Party. Yeah. Right? Right. <laughs> Love so you, it's, good it's, slumber. Is it going to be like an up all night kind of thing? Or, uh... Sort of. Here's the concept. Uh, right, it involves yeah. four women brave enough to spend the night in a famous haunted house while getting tipsy on wine, communicating with the spirits, and learning about witchy traditions. It's described as a comedy that encompasses the hilarity of childhood sleepovers with the likes of Queer Eye and Drunk History with ghosts. Um, so... Basically, they go to haunted houses, they get drunk, and then tempt the spirits. <laughs> that sounds like something we'd do. It sounds exactly <laughs> like something that we would do. Um, sounds pretty awesome, actually. Yeah. Uh, I, I wonder, I don't know if she was ever a host on it or not, but Adam Green has an, uh, a show on his uh, on his website called mm-hmm. uh, Scary Sleepover, mm-hmm. and I think she's been on it. I almost wonder if maybe they got the idea of that, like an overnight Kind of like sleepover oh, show. Is that the that's the one uh, he did with? I think I've only ever seen the Kane Hodder. They've done episode. two. They've done two seasons. Yeah. Yeah, I need to watch more of those because it's really fun. Yeah, they are. They are fun. But uh, anyway, that seems that seems pretty good. I'll, yeah, I'll cool. watch that shit. Um, so this this is exciting. I gotta pull up another uh, another thing here. So, what was what was the best movie about? The best Marvel movie about a black vampire hunter. <laughs> I don't know. So many, <laughs> so many choices. <laughs> um, Wesley Snipes, the real Wesley Snipes, is teasing uh, a return to the Blade role. Yeah. Which is very exciting. Because oh, yeah. I've always thought that if they're going to do it, bring him fucking back. Oh, because yeah. he, I've always liked him. Uh, I've always liked those movies a lot too, mm-hmm. and I feel as though they can tell a story of him aging and use those original movies as canon still. You could work that into. Except for he's a vampire too. Well, yeah. And vampires don't age. But he's only half vampire. I guess they. Well, yeah, that's true. 
I, I, I'm trying to find some logic here. Um, uh, he says, there's a lot of conversations going around right now, and we're very blessed to have the enthusiasm and interest in something coming from that world again. Snipes told Vice when asked about another blade. We've created two projects that fit perfectly into this world, and when people see them, I think they're going to have... A, the only problem they're going to have is deciding which one they love the most. Ooh. And apparently he's been in talk with uh, Marvel for like two years, developing stuff. Cool. Pretty much ever since he got out of prison for tax evasion. Um... <laughs> That whole thing, yeah, right. But um, but yeah, it's he goes. Uh, the next time that you see something in the Blade universe, mark my words, what we did before is child's play compared to what we can do now. Damn. So I'm pretty excited about that. I um very I I didn't expect them to go that route if that's what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and hopefully he's gonna be playing Blade. That's what it sounds like. Yeah, I mean, unless who, maybe it's his production company that is maybe going to be producing a new um, blade. That's the only caveat that might change how I'm feeling about it. But I mean, I you know, there's a, there's a lot of really good actors, like good young actors, who could come in and do an awesome job with it, though. You know true, what I mean? True. What the hell is the? Uh, I could picture. Um, shit, I can't think of his name. He was he was in uh, Get Out and also uh, Death Note. He played the guy in Death Note who was like he was hunting. Uh, he was hunting the kid. He was like. Oh the, yeah, I I can't think of what you're. Yeah. I, for some reason, I could picture him being a a, a good vampire hunter. Mm. I don't know. I don't know. It'd be, it'd be interesting. I can't remember. Yeah, I can't think of his name either. It's It'll like be a correction. It's like week. something Keith or. I can't I, remember. I got yeah, I can't remember. Keith David. No, not that. <laughs> Keith David would be sweet, though. <laughs> um, okay, so um, we got a new Halloween trailer today. Did you watch it? Uh, no. Yeah, we got a new the second trailer uh, dropped today. Uh, it, it once again looks amazing. I almost think this is probably an unpopular opinion. I think there's too much Michael Myers in it. Really? Yeah, the whole trailer is pretty much Michael Myers. And as I feel kind of feel like they're... They're they're taking the mystique out of it a little bit. You think you think like people were not respond or they were responding poorly to. No, I don't think anybody's responded poorly to anything yeah. as far as this new movie goes. I think that it was just uh, I don't know. Maybe it's, it's just too much. well because the the stuff we've seen so far is uh, is pretty heavy on showing uh, Laurie Strode and mm-hmm. what a badass she's become. Mm-hmm. So maybe they're trying to do sort of a. Maybe showing both sides of the coin, f- kind of thing. But I feel like the character of Michael Myers should be more mysterious. Lakeith though. Stanfield is the guy I was thinking ah, of, by gotcha. the way. Anyway, sorry. I just feel like, I feel like he should be more mysterious, though. And having a whole trailer that is like two and a half minutes of him kind of takes away from it a little bit. I'm gonna watch it when we when we take a break. Okay. And... Yeah, maybe maybe I'm alone in that, but that was just my my take from yeah, it. Yeah, I gotta check it out. Um, okay, couple two two more things here. Um, uh, Joe Bob Briggs. I've been very excited since he came back to uh, Shudder. Mm-hmm. Not came back, but he did another uh, Joe Bob special on Shudder. Yeah. Uh, and it did, we've talked about this before, it did so amazingly well that it pretty much crashed their servers. Yeah. And people wanted more and more and more. And mm-hmm. he was supposedly done. That was going to be the last thing he was going to do. Except for they offered him another $200. They offered right? him another $200. <laughs> um, anyway, though, he said that, um, that because the demand was so high, that be on the lookout for more Joe Bob stuff. And he nice. looked at that. Well, today we get news, or this week rather, we got news of what that's going to be. Yeah. Um, we're getting both a Thanksgiving and a Christmas special this year. Cool. So I don't know if it's going to be a full day marathon, if it's just going to be like one or two movies, no idea. But there's going to be definitely two specials for Thanksgiving and Christmas. And then come coming in 2019, an ongoing series. Oh, sweet. Fucking A. That's, that's exa- awesome. That is, exclusively, that is, for, exclusively for Shudder? Yeah. Yep. Nice. He'll be curating the whole thing himself, and um, 
I, I'm so happy, man. I think we had talked about this before. If you're going to bring him back, do it to where it's like every like once a month or something like that, you get yeah. one or two movies yeah. that he can do his, his shtick on. Yeah, that'll be um, awesome. And, so, yeah. And you know what this is a good opportunity for? Mm-hmm. If if they're bringing Joe Bob Briggs back to do uh, a Thanksgiving special, mm-hmm. this would be a great time for Eli Roth to actually make that Thanksgiving movie. Oh, that would be great. <laughs> that he did that the mock be, trailer for. That would be, be really sweet. cool. Like yeah. debut it on Shutter with Joe Bob's Joe Bob Briggs hosting. That'd be amazing. That'd be fucking awesome. That would be cool. Um, anyway, so um, the last bit of news um, we'll get to in a minute. But what's new on Blue Baby? <laughs> Let me tell you, uh, Dracula. Prince of Darkness, Ooh. featuring Christopher Lee. The first Hammer uh, Dracula. <clears throat> Scream Factory announced earlier this year that Dracula Prince of Darkness was uh, coming out on Blu-ray. They've highlighted the new details, and uh, it's coming out with a new high-def transfer. Usually I don't give you all the details, but this is a pretty quick one. So, uh, The release will come with a slipcover guaranteed for three months, three months after its original release date. The newly commissioned artwork pictured comes comes to us from artist Mark Maddox. When I say pictured, obviously you can't see it because you're <laughs> listening to this. Uh, this art will be front-facing, and the reverse side of the wrap will showcase the original theatrical poster art design. Extras are still underway, underway and will be announced later in November. Official street date is December 18th. Uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Next Generation. Yes, it's finally coming out. Uh, it's been pushed back again. No! Yeah. <laughs> uh, so originally it was pushed back from September 25th to October 30th. It has now been pushed back uh, another half a month to November 13th. Oh my god, what is going on with this movie? Uh, the company the company tweeted out, it just said, uh, this one has been a challenge for us so far. Please know we are trying our best to make it as solid of a release as we can. Thank you for your patience. I wonder if they're just they're fi- I wonder if they're fighting stuff with the um the company that represents both Matthew McConaughey and Renee Zellweger. I mean, they already took them. Oh, I, well, so I they wonder, took them out of the artwork. You think that the pe- that you I think they no just idea. don't want it released I at have, all? No, it's it's already been released. I don't think that's the issue. Um, not to, I. It's probably using their clients's like stuff in it. Maybe I don't know. I, 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 well, let's not speculate. Yeah, I mean, we don't yeah. know what's going on exactly. Yeah, yeah it's all speculation. I, I think but... it's, I think it's cool that they're still trying really hard to put this out, but like, it's mm-hmm. just, it's been kind of a shit show so far. So, yeah. uh, Arrow is bringing Crimson Peak back to Blue for a limited release that is chock full of limited edition content that I won't read to you because it'd take me like ten <laughs> minutes. Uh, it's, it's loaded down. So. Uh, if you want to see details, you can check out Arrow's uh, website, or uh-huh. you can get it at Bloody Disgusting, which is where I found this. What's the reason for re-releasing it? <clears throat> uh, just to bring you a ton more content. Gotcha. So, uh, you can also go to Bloody Disgusting, and they have all the links for pre-orders. Um, that will be available November 26th in the UK and November 27th in the US. Uh-huh. Uh, Scream Factory is bringing 1995's The Mangler to Blu-ray for the first time. Very cool. Featuring the directorial talents of Toby Hooper, starring the incomparable Robert Englund, and based on the short story of our birthday boy, Stephen King. Uh, This is definitely a must-have, so check that out. Uh, if, if If I read the article on that earlier correctly, there currently on the search for a long lost uncut version yes they that did. has never seen the light of day yep they uh they scream factory said we are also aware of the unrated unrated cut of the film and are trying to best secure a version of it for our release very cool 
Uh, additionally, the cover will be reversible and will feature the sharp red title treatment art that was commonly seen on VHS back in the day. Um, and the extras are still in progress for that, but they did say that they have a, a brand new interview with Robert England for it. Oh, very cool. So, uh, last up, but certainly not least, much to the dismay of Evil Dead fans all over the world. What? None more than uh, young Michael here. Uh, Ash vs. Evil Dead came to an end. No! After three seasons. <laughs> Luckily, Stars and Anchor Bay are releasing a complete three-season collection on blue and digital just in time for Halloween mm. on October 16th. More for me to buy. The uh, six-disc di- six set. Six-dick set. <laughs> <laughs> Is currently on uh, selling for forty four fifty nine on Amazon for a pre sale. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I'll probably buy it just to have it. And but. that's what's new on Blue Baby. All right, so when we first started this uh, this this whole podcast venture, it was because of two movies. Mm-hmm. Do you remember which two movies that are? I want to say Mama was one. Incorrect. Uh, Bab- Babadook was definitely one. <laughs> Correct. Um, I I thought Mama was one. You're of them. close. Oh oh, Good Night Mommy. Mm. Good Night Mommy is getting a remake. What? Yeah. Stop it. Uh, so it's getting an English English language remake. Uh, the original was uh, it was made in Austria, so it's uh, an Austrian film, and uh, because German, German well German yeah. Yep. So and you know us dumb Americans don't like to read the words. You mean I gotta read while I watch the movie? <laughs> Uh, yeah, I don't know why this is necessarily... This just ain't gonna fly. I don't know why this is necessarily... Um, uh, happening? Because it, it happen. shouldn't. This movie was amazing. Yeah, and... we both we both loved it. Uh, the director, uh, Matt Sobel, goes on to, uh, goes to say, uh, Our reimagining of Goodnight Mommy aims to create an immersive nightmare with visceral sensations front and center. Uh, you just described the original movie. Well, I don't know about visceral, but... Why? I, was it the original? The original was more drama based. I felt, I felt at least. Um, I didn't think that it was like. I, I, I'm afraid what they're gonna do is they're gonna take what made that movie good and just make a stupid American budgeted horror movie. You know what I'm saying? Like, well, I like visceral. Viscera is is it's like base emotions, and that to me, when I was watching this movie, that's that's kind of it's it's kind of an emotional roller coaster. It's very. It's very kind of slow moving and quiet, but at the same time, you're feeling a, a range of different base emotions yeah. while you're watching it. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know why this is necessary, but we're getting it. It's not necessary. We're getting it, and I'm sure we'll watch it. Oh yeah, I'll definitely watch it. Um, but uh, I I feel like that's it's just just watch the original and yeah. Um, appreciate filming, how awesome it is. Filming is expected to begin in the third quarter of 2019, so it's mm. a little ways off still, but. Um, Hopefully it just gets canceled before it even starts. Yeah. Because, um, yeah, that's completely unnecessary. Anyway, that's your, uh, <laughs> that's the news. That's the news. And that brings us to a little words of wisdom with Wilson. Oh, hit me, Wilson. I don't even know. I think I say that differently every time what it's called. I think it should just be words of Wilson. Words of Wilson. I think that's what it should be called. Hardy ho, neighbor. <laughs> <laughs> True nobility lies not in being superior to another man, but in being superior to one's previous self. Er? (laughs) (laughs) Boom, that was the news. All right, uh, so uh, we're going to take a quick break here. James is going to watch the uh, Halloween trailer. Oh, yes. And uh, when we come back, we're going to dive into some... We're going to dive into it. 
Oh, we're going to dive into it. We're going to dive into <laughs> it. Throughout this, you'll see faces ripped apart with hooks, a man slashing himself into a bloody pulp, and graphic, macabre, torturous images that defy description. All right, James. All right. So, what'd you think? Before we, yeah, before we jump into it, uh, <laughs> I uh, we just watched the the new Halloween trailer. Yeah. Um, I get what you're saying. Mm-hmm. They really do. I mean, it wasn't uh, it wasn't too much Michael Myers, but it was uh, like it. Quit being a ball hog. All right. Huh? There's no there's no I in team. <laughs> you know, just give, just give give everybody a little bit of the trailer. You know. Well, yeah. Okay, I get what you're saying now. No, uh, well, when they first started, I mean, the, the first, like, yeah, minute and a half of it is all, Michael, all Myers. Michael Myers. And if that's actually a scene from the movie, then you kind of gave away a lot of stuff. Uh, sort of. One he of also the, moves a little weird. I was going to say, like, one of the things you mentioned before yeah. we watched is, like, he moves really weird. And he does kind of move like, in a robotic, robotic yeah, way. Yeah. Like, I, the uh, the classic scene of him sitting upright. After he's knocked on his back from mm-hmm. the original, they recreate that in yeah. this in this movie, and that that in in and of itself, even in the in the original, was somewhat robotic. But that was kind of the only time, you know what I mean? The, the rest, the rest of the, the rest of the time in the original, he kind of moves like a like a, a stealthy yet curious animal. Yeah, you know what I mean? I think what it is is that he pivots. Yeah. He literally his, his there's a pivot on his neck like his neck moves differently and like then, he, like and then there his was, whole shoulders. There was one part where he position, yeah like he it's... walked into a room he followed he followed somebody and he walked into a room. You see his head turn and then his shoulders turn and then his legs turn yeah. and then he walks that way. It's kind of like yeah I don't it was, know, it's just it a made him weird. look like a machine a little wonky. Which I guess he is a killing machine ah. of sorts. But I do like the angle that they take with that they're taking with uh, Lori though oh, that I'm... she's like she's. She's a prepper, mm-hmm. and everybody th- everybody thinks that uh, like she's she's prepping for something a little different, though. Right. I mean, there's uh, I actually I'm I'm fascinated by people who are like doomsday preppers. You know, it's 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 kind of cool to watch some of the stuff that they create. Their bunkers and like how you know they're a little you're, bit nutty. You're, you're a little crazy here, James. And I let no. I just I think it's interesting. I. I think that I, I really like that angle that they took because everybody thinks she's nuts because she's yeah. basically become a doomsday prepper. Yeah. But obviously it was all warranted because uh, doom has come back to Haddonfield. So I like I like that angle. I think it'll be a, a cool payoff. I but, agree. Uh, I agree. Yeah, I, no, no, like I, I'm, I, this... I'm gonna I'm gonna reserve judgment until I see it. But there was you know there were a couple wonky things. Yeah. But overall I think it looks really good. I think the first trailer was better though. Yeah. I, I think this is the the less superior of uh, of the two trailers. Yeah. So, anyway, uh, let's yeah. get back to it. Let's get back to it. <laughs> Aha. So many jokes. Yeah. All right. So, um, so it, it. Um, I've never heard of it. Yeah. <laughs> it. You want to see it? This could be a drinking game tonight. Every time we say the word it, uh, butt chug some vodka. But. <laughs> Literally. If there, you have to tip upside down against a wall and have gonna, someone pour a shot in your we're ass. Gonna, we're going to wake up Monday morning and there's just going to be like on, on like CNN, it's going to be like rash deaths, 
100,000 kids died from butt-chugging vodka. <laughs> you don't have 100,000. <laughs> I, I actually appreciate the fact that you uh, you you patted our numbers there. I would have been actually excited if I wake up and hear that news. I'd be like, oh my God, our listeners went up. Literally, literally six people across the U.S. And one in Canada. Sick because they were butt-chugging vodka. Um. Anyway, uh, so it. Uh, so we're, we're we're talking about it from 1990. Uh, this is the one that was directed by Tommy Lee Wallace, who also did Halloween Three, mm-hmm. Season of the Witch, uh, Fright Night Part Two, and who's also a second unit director on Big Trouble in Little China. Very nice. So he's uh, he's definitely a, a, a genre dude through and through. Mm-hmm. Um, he directed the 1990 <laughs> version, and then you have uh, Andy Machete who did. Uh, the 2017 uh, version of the film. Um, Very different movies. Yeah. Very different movies. And both of them are very different than the book. Mostly because the book is 1,100 million pages long. (laughs) So there's so much more in the book that even even at this rate, you know, the uh, the original miniseries was two hour and a half long episodes, Mm -hmm. uh, or, or chapters rather. Yeah. And the new movie is... The chapter one that's out is two hours and 11 minutes. So mm-hmm. even with, if they're both the same again, with four hours and 20 minutes, I feel like there's not going to be enough time to get on screen everything that is in that book. No. Well, I mean, you're talking about you're talking about four hours worth of film compared to 44 hours worth of novel. So yeah. There it is. <laughs> 44 hours worth of novel. I actually just started listening to it again because I love it so much. Yep. Um, well, they, in script writing, it's basically each page represents a minute of, of cellophane. Cellophane. Uh, uh, no, <laughs> film. 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 Oh, it's called cellulite. No, <laughs> no. that's <laughs> Cellulose. Cellulose. There you go. No, celluloid. <laughs> celluloid. There you go. Yes, that's the one. It's, that was, it's not, that was it's, a nice progression there. It's not... It's celluloid. Not, it's not printed on the... Uh, on, on the ba- the back of uh, Aunt Gretchen's legs. <laughs> Apologies to any Aunt Gretchens out there. You leave my Aunt Gretchen out of this, you son of a bitch. Um, <laughs> um, no, there's. I mean, uh, so, I, like, so if, though, you, if you a... like the original miniseries and you like the new one, you have to go. If, if like if reading's not your thing and you like like personally, I like audiobooks. Yeah, and because uh, you can't read. Because I'm unable to read, which is kind of a sensitive subject. Thanks for bringing it up. Damn, bad ex, bad ex school system. Those bastards let me down. Words are hard. <laughs> Words are so hard. Um, you have to li- you have to listen to that book or yeah. read it. It's so experience it's, it in some way, shape, or form. Like the the book is so detailed, obviously, because it's a Stephen, like Stephen King, King book. Yeah. Like like you've made the joke in the past before that he could literally spend like five pages describing a rock on the side of the road. That has nothing to do with the story. Which is completely, but it has everything to do with the story. Mm. Um, there's so much... That there's... rock will pop up in like Dark Tower Book 17 as like the <laughs> pinnacle of the story. <laughs> there, well, that's the thing is there's so much in the book. And I will say this, it, between the miniseries and the, the new movie, a lot of the things that are present in the book that are actually like full-on chapters or side stories by yeah. themselves do show up in a way. Mm-hmm. Like there's, a, you know, maybe a painting on the wall. Like there's a in the new one. There's a there's a mural on the wall when they're uh, they're patching Ben Hanscom's belly yeah. up after he gets carved up by uh, Henry Bowers. Mm-hmm. The the mural on the wall behind them depicts. Uh, a shootout between the police and, or well, actually, the whole town and this group of um, 
um, criminals, mm-hmm. which takes like it's like two hours worth of the book, but it's just represented as a mural behind them on a wall, which I think is pretty cool. I like the fact that they drop little Easter eggs like that yeah, all over like, the movies. It's like, listen, we know that we can't do all of this, but here's here's a reference to it, yeah. so you know we didn't leave it out intentionally. Or, I was, or, or, or you know, an accident. Like as I as I listen to the book, I, I, I think to myself, I'm I'm like, in a perfect world I would almost love to see it as a as a series where they could tell you literally every single story that's in yeah. the book. But Stephen King has a way of writing that it's it's nearly impossible to actually put on to like filmmakers do their absolute best to put onto the screen what he describes in his books but he's got a way of writing that's just could, it's got to be intimidating as a filmmaker to try and adapt one of his stories you get everybody wants to right you could literally have like an american uh horatory american horror story horatory horatory <laughs> uh type show that was just all about stephen king though and each season is a different adaptation of his work because at that because that rate that sounds familiar because <laughs> like well, like hulu's doing that exact thing well, right now <laughs> they're not though because well, castle rock is not i know castle stephen rock's, king original i know castle rock's standalone but it did we're going to be talking about it later this month, so we won't get into it right now. But it does involve a lot of this, a lot yeah, of the stuff from his stories. They cherry pick certain things right. and add them into the stories, but it's a very, it's very much its own story that's not yeah. written by Stephen King. But like um, what you're saying is actually make a series where they adapt his stories. Yes, literally, and a lot of like his him. stories do intertwine. Right. Like it's actually funny. I mentioned Dark Tower. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a character. I've not read the Dark Tower books, but in one of the books, there's an, there's a creature. Uh, that can go from like basically humanoid and then morph into a spider mm-hmm. uh, in the Dark Tower in the third Dark I think it's the third Dark Tower book, and uh, Stephen King has gone on to say that there that that he thinks that that creature and Pennywise come from the same species. Really? So it's possible. So Pennywise is not that character, but but same species. Right. So in some other weird dimension. That exists, yeah. like, and it's a, such a weird way to connect things. Yeah, but you could totally do that, and I think that'd be kind of cool. Every season's a new adaptation, and with ten episodes and an hour apiece, you know, that's way more time. That's a ten-hour. That's kind, a ten-hour telling of a story like it. But at like, that you point. start with one story, and then the next season will be a new story. But you kind of gradually weave in little hairs from the first you, story sure, and you stuff can, like that. Yeah. Like, it, it would be, be pretty cool. amazing if somebody could actually do that. But yeah. it'd be so hard. Anyway, back to it though. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, like I said, 1990s. It, uh, it with. Uh, 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 directed by Tommy Lee Wallace, we talked about that already. Um, notable people in this in this flick um, would be John Ritter, probably first and foremost. Oh yeah, uh, rest in peace. Rest in peace. Pouring out for your dead homie. I love John. Um, Ritter. <laughs> as do I. Uh, Tim Curry. I mean, Tim Curry is is his character. He wasn't in a lot of movies, but the but the movies that he was in, like character wise, between the darkness, between Pennywise, um, uh, sweet transvestite. <laughs> um, well, I can't think of his name. Um, <laughs> Frankenfurter. Yes, Frankenfurter. Like his his roles are iconic. Like there there's he's such a good character actor. Mm-hmm. Like he just bring uh, uh, the clerk, the the hotel clerk Home in Alone Home Alone Two, <laughs> Lost in New York. Clue, Clue, <laughs> Clue is like one of that's one of my his my favorite roles of his is yeah, the, the butler and Clue. He's just he's just one of those guys though. So he lit, he lit up the screen as Pennywise in the original. Yeah. When when the when the remake came out, I I was very nervous about how I was going to like Bill Skarsgård's yeah. uh, version of as him. As was I. And I and honestly, I think I held that against it 
for for a long while. Yeah. Um, I had only seen the remake once before we rewatched it for the show, mm-hmm. and uh, I actually really, really, really enjoyed the remake this time around. Yeah. Way more so than I did the first time that I watched it. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, they, they they couldn't be two more different movies. No. Yes, they said they they. They tell the same general story, right. you know, of the kids and Pennywise the Clown and this and that. And the remake obviously has a thousand times more expose to it. Mm-hmm. And they explain things. Like they explain, you know, the history of Derry way more. They they explain where he came from. They explain, well, at least uh, in the, the... Now, granted, we haven't gotten to the second part of the miniseries. No. And no. I haven't seen it in years. I used to watch it all the time when I was younger, so I don't really remember how much of the ex- like how much expose there is in the second half. Because um, Mike Hanlon, who calls them all back to Derry, yeah, is kind of the the historian of Derry, and he's the one who's in the novel in both movies. Well, I'm assuming in the the new It movie, he will be he's he's the guy who stayed behind and just kind of pulled all this information together because he knew that it was going to be pertinent at some point in time. Well, in the movie, in um, in the, the... Okay, this is so weird. When I was I watched these movies back You're going to bring back, up Ben, ben Hanscom right now? Kind of. Yeah. When I, when I, when I, I watched these movies within a day of each other. Yeah. And when you watch two of, for all intents and purposes, the same movie, just a remake or whatever, yeah. I get... I, it's hard to keep track of what was from what movie and what was from the other movie yeah. because it's the same story mm-hmm. and there's nothing to really differentiate it. Um, however, in, I believe, the novel and in the remake, it was Mike who was the historian, not not, not the new kid. No, here, here okay, so uh, in the novel and in the miniseries, Mike is the one who stays behind and is works at the library and is the historian in the remake ben hanscom because he doesn't have any friends he's the one who goes to the library and looks up all this information about dairy yeah so they've kind okay, of made okay. so i yes, i was actually yes, thinking right. i was actually thinking about that on my drive over here tonight i was like are they gonna make it so that ben hanscom is more of the historian in the second one but then i remember hearing stuff about um the well, second- why would they they already they already established that he's not why no he's the one who had the stuff all over his walls in his bedroom and stuff yeah ben was the the chubby kid yeah 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 he's the one who had all this girl don't go (laughs) please don't go girl (laughs) i love the new kids on the block references in the the remake no so mike hanlon is the one in the novel and in the original who knows everything about dairy yes in the remake ben knows everything about dairy because he had no friends so he just spent all his days at the. so you're wondering if in part two if it's going to be mike that does more of the history stuff no if it's going to be ben you're getting your characters confused here Yes, I am. Um, but it, but I already know that it's not going to be because I know that the, I've from the a, the little bit of information that they've put out about chapter two, they're going to they're going to turn Mike's character a lot darker. Oh, like he's going to he's going to be the one who stays behind in Derry. And if you notice in in uh, in the novel, which you've never read the novel, I have not have read the novel. No. In the novel and in the original, all the other kids move out of Derry at some point yep. in time, and they go on to be huge success. Yeah, uh, huge he, successes. And he stays behind, and he stays behind, and he's you know he's uh, a humble librarian, or mm-hmm. he works for the library, and is a he's a historian, but he doesn't go on to be wealthy, and he doesn't get married or anything like that. Yeah. And uh, 
they're going to take it way darker in chapter two. At least that's what they say they're going to do. Like he's actually going to develop a, like a, a pretty bad drug habit mm-hmm. just because he's living in Derry still and, and living there has taken its toll on him in such a way because he's still, he's the only one who remembers anything that happened when they were kids. Yeah. And having that in your mind for 30 years when... It would drive you crazy. Yeah, it would drive you nuts. So he, from what I've heard, it's speculation at this point. But from what I've heard, it's they're gonna turn it into a, a situation where the only way that he can deal with it is to become a drug addict. Interesting. So, and that's different in the book, right? Um. Yeah. No, he's not a he's not a drug addict. Okay, in the book. that's what I thought. <clears throat> but um. Yeah. So. Like also, said, I, also, in, in case I, in case anybody's listening who has read the book lately, I just restarted the book uh, a few days ago, and it's Again? been yeah, and it's been about a year since I since I listened to it the first yeah. time. It, so I don't remember everything. So if I get any of the the facts crooked, it's because I I don't remember entirely. Call us out though. Yeah, call, call me out. Call Go us ahead. out on it. I know I know Brian Jansen's reading it right now, so yep. he could call me out if he. So I think that I think one of the big the big differences between though the remake and the and the original uh, miniseries is first off is exactly that one's a movie and one is a TV show miniseries. Um, so you, you that automatically stops the original miniseries from really having a lot of that dark subject matter and dark imagery yeah. that you were able to get in the movie. For example, um, I, 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 Georgie, in the very beginning, in the book and in the remake, gets his arm clean ripped off. Yeah. And in the miniseries, they obviously they can't really show that. Mm-hmm. The fact that there was blood coming up from like behind his picture in the in the the, the photo album, mm-hmm. that was pushing the envelope yeah. back then for TV. Mm-hmm. Like, so you really could not get that. You you got a lot of montages in the original of just like people dancing and stuff, like and having fun and like really, these really weird montages that would not have had anything to do with with the original. Granted, there's I think more of that in the adult version of it. Mm-hmm. But even still, though, yeah. like they they do tend to just not they 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 just kind of subside all of that darkness. Well, I mean, it was a it was a different time in, in film and in television, mm-hmm. and also uh, well, it was a different time in film, especially. And back then in television, you just you really couldn't get away with the types of things mm-hmm. that you can nowadays. So, like you said, you're talking about a made-for-TV movie. Which is already going to be less dark than a yeah. move than a, an actual film, compared to a film that came out in 2017, where everybody knows nowadays you can kind of push the envelope without really, really getting yeah without too much of too a backlash. Hard. Yeah. yeah, I um I think between the two movies though, I which movie did you like uh, character wise better? Um, I actually I I hate to say this. Because I'm such a huge fan of the original, mm-hmm. but I I kind of have to go with the the new one. And I'm a little bit opposite, actually. Really? Yeah. I it's not the new one is great, and I love like Finn Wolfhard as Richie is great. Like mm-hmm. he's like all the characters are are good. Um, and maybe it's maybe it's just the nostalgia of it. Yeah. You know, but like I said, that's why I kind of hate to say that. When I when I watch the two movies though, and watching them back to back, I feel like that. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know the the way that the kids acted in the original. It's not even that it's good. Like like I'm sorry, Jonathan Brandis was terrible. <laughs> like he's not. He was not a good actor. He never was. Yeah. Um. 
And like his, that's not <laughs> nice to speak ill of the dead. I, I, listen, I'm not trying to speak <laughs> ill of him. I'm just listen. I'm just speaking the truth. All right. I think he would. I think that he would like the truth. Sure. Or maybe that's why he. Um, <laughs> no, 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 no. Backtrack. Backtrack. Dodgy. Dodgy. Backtrack. Um, yeah. <laughs> He wasn't good though. Like, you, uh, who did you say really stood out in the original? I can't remember. Uh, uh, you said one of the, you said one of the child actors really stood out. Oh, uh, Seth Green. Se- oh, Seth, Seth Green. Yeah. Seth Green's character was awesome. Like he was, he played Richie in in the original, mm-hmm. um, which is Finn Wolfhard's character in the the remake. Mm-hmm. And uh, I thought both of them did bang up jobs of the roles. However, the Seth the Seth Green version of it, it just fit the story more like i felt like those kids were a little bit more believable in their unbelievableness i know that doesn't make any sense like i'd be i'd be i'd be interested to hear if you would change your tune after reading (laughs) after reading or listening to the book I mean, it's possible because <clears throat> maybe that's where I'm coming from. Like, like I said, I love the original miniseries, but when I when I watch the new one, those characters just embody what you hear in the book more mm-hmm. to me. I think I think that it is like I said. I said I don't know if it's a nostalgia thing. I think that it absolutely is. Picture a movie like The Sandlot mm-hmm. being remade. Would any of those characters feel the same? No. That, that's I think that's kind of what my point is. It's not so much that it was better. But yeah, the old version was better. It's just that when I think of those characters, I I have to think of those original characters. Mm-hmm. As much as I liked the remake, and as, as much as there's nothing wrong, everything they did pretty fucking right actually yeah. in, in the remake. I just think that I will always prefer the the original because of the tone of it, because the way that it looks, because of the way the, the way that their voices sound. The yeah. way, I don't know. It's just even like I said, Jonathan Brandis, who was not <laughs> not great, like. His his really bad stuttering, which is, border, <laughs> is borderline offensive, the way that he does it almost like, <laughs> like not really. I mean, it was it, it's just not good though. Which you know? is not. I, have you ever have you ever tried to 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 do that? Like to, I didn't mean to just <laughs> I didn't mean to actually just do that. Right you now. tried to to, to 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 do it. Well, now you're no, being a dick. That's how Jonathan Brandis sounds. Yeah, have, sound, have, have you ever tried? Very have you ever actually tried? Well, that's the thing is like some. Like I just did. I sometimes I stutter inadvertently, but it's just because my mouth moves slower than my brain. Have you ever tried to take something already written and say it with a stutter? It's really kind of hard to do. Oh, I'm not. I'm not saying that it's easy. Um, but don't get and, hired for a job if you can't. And do that's it. What, and that's what. Uh, who, what's the name of the kid who? I'm I'm not super familiar with the uh, the the newer cast. Um, Jaden. Lieber, Jaden Smith, Jaden Lieber here. Okay, wow. Um, I thought he did a pretty good job. Like he sounded pretty authentic. He was good. He was really good, actually. And I remember seeing the the trailer for, for the first time of him uh, talking to Georgie while they're making the boat. Mm-hmm. And the first time I heard him do it, I I was like, that doesn't. I don't think that sounds very good. But then as I watched the movie, I was like, his his stutter sounds pretty. It's pretty believable. I've known people before with pretty bad stutters, and it sounds pretty authentic. Um, mm-hmm. and for a kid his age to be to be able to pull it off that well, I mean, I think that's I think that says a lot. I agree. Um, um moving but on. just like based off of based off the characters in the because the characters in the story are not you know they're they're young children but they're not super wholesome. 
And the original miniseries stays pretty wholesome. Yeah. Well, they, once again, though, they kind of had to. They right. couldn't use the language. Right. They couldn't have any of the suggestive things, which that book is filled with. Not even suggestive. It's very detailed things. The, well, <laughs> yeah. As as many Stephen King stories are, even, it's got some really, really heavy shit in even it. Even down to Beverly's dad. It's funny. When, um, when I was watching the original, the 1990s <clears throat> version, I'm like, oh, that guy's such a dick. Like, mm-hmm. Overbearing dad. And then you watch... The remake, which is more akin to the novel, mm-hmm. and you're like, oh, not only is he a giant dick, he's a creeper too. It's like, mm-hmm. oh my god, like, and it's it's a completely different dimension to that character. And again, that's what you, I mean, that's what you get in the novel. You get the very real sense that he was not, you know, he was mentally and very much physically abusive, yeah. and also like protective of her in a way that bordered on uh i don't think it bordered on anything there's a part part in the book where he had a thing about checking her hymen yeah i don't remember that part but it's fairly certain it was there i don't remember that part but i'll let you know in like (laughs) i'll let you know in like three months when i finally get through this 45 hour book um (laughs) <laughs> yeah, no, I, I it, it's just gross though. Like that, yeah. his character is absolutely disgusting. Oh yeah, well, um, and then, and then that theme that carries through into uh, you know like this is this is obviously going to be in part two of the new chapter, and mm-hmm. it, it's in part two of the miniseries. But sh- oh well, they even show a little bit of it in the miniseries because they do show a bit of them as adults in the miniseries. Yeah. She goes on to you know it's like. It's pretty tragic. She goes on to, she ends up marrying a man who is kind of very similar to her father. Yeah. And treats her the exact same way, which is awful, you know. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, so, anyway, getting back getting, getting back into the, uh, I always say we should mark down the, the things that we want to compare and contrast. I mean, like, you go characters, you go music, you go themes and plot and uh, atmosphere and stuff like that. We never actually mark it down, but... As far as like the overall atmosphere between the two movies, I mean, obviously they went a little darker and a little grittier with the remake. But do you still prefer the the original? As um, far as that as, goes, as far as that's concerned, uh, no. I think I've. It's weird. I think that um, like a lot of people have said. I think a lot of it has to do. It's not just the mood of the movie. Because one character in particular sets that mood, and that is Pennywise. And in the in the in the miniseries, you, you know Tim Curry's Pennywise is a very laughable, likable, normal clown. Mm-hmm. You know, well, as likable as <laughs> clowns can be. Yeah. Um, and that's what makes it scary, though. Like that, people have said that. Oh, there's nothing scary about it. Watching it now, you know, watching it as adult, and we were we were terrified of it as a kid. Well, it's like. That was kind of the point. Like kids are afraid of clowns when they're just trying to be nice to you. Right. And so when you take that version of a clown and you make it this horrific alien monster weird dimensional thing, like yeah. it's that's why it's fucking terrifying. Right. It does not need to be a, a creepy clown to be terrifying. Right. A regular clown is terrifying. Right. We watch it as adults and I mean we we still get the creepiness out of Tim Curry's performance in the sure. original, and a lot of people still do. And but, his and his performance. But, oh but my people, God. people, like you were just saying, people say, "Oh, he's he wasn't scary," but the scariness comes in the fact that he was so like eh, not friendly, but he was you know goofy and over the top. And yeah, like, yeah. It's because what makes it scary is he's being a nice, funny, happy clown because he knows that if 
he draws you in with his humor, mm-hmm. just like he did with Georgie. And then he, and then he just changes like yeah. that. Then yeah. he rips your fucking arm off. Like he does. Like Tim Car- Tim Curry does some amazing acting work though where yep. he goes from being like, oh I'm Pennywise the clown and I will eat your soul mm-hmm. like like he he shifts on a dime well you see it in the first minute and a half of the movie because mm-hmm. you Which, see you see the little girl uh, you see the little girl riding her tricycle and her mom has just hung some uh, some linens up on the on the uh, the line you know mm-hmm. and I love this scene it's it's how they open up the whole movie and you see him you, she hears a sound or something. Oh, she hears him giggle. <laughs> yes. You know, and like she looks over and you see the sheets kind of wave, and he's he's sitting there like waving at her, all friendly, with a big smile on his face. Mm-hmm. And then it goes back to a shot of her face, and then back to a shot of his face, and the sheet has it's this is within two seconds. The sheet has blown in front of his face, and then it blows back to where you can see his face again, mm-hmm. and he's just got this absolutely sinister look on his face. And that it's it's so scary. It's such a scary moment. And like you said, Tim Curry could just go from super happy, like, "Hey, I kind of want to go see what this clown's all about." To I think I need to run away from this clown yeah. right now in a in an instant. In an instant, yeah. He's so he's so good, just turning it on its heels. Whereas Bill Scars Scarsguard's Pennywise is he's just, like, I need to run away from this clown immediately as soon as you see him. He's never an approachable, happy-go-lucky no, clown. No, Which, granted, in the novel, I'm pretty sure he was not ever supposed to be a happy-go-lucky, lovable clown. Uh, he was very, I mean, he was still very over-the-top, and, like, you could tell he was having fun, so was, you know? So, so is the remake's version of Pennywise even darker than the novel's was? I would say so, because, like, the, uh, the scene... The scene between Georgie and Pennywise in the sewer, like to me, even though I think Bill Skarsgård did a good job in that scene, yeah, it was darker than it was supposed to be, because he was, he was supposed to be drawing Georgie in, and he's talking about oh, like oh, the the storm blew me right down the drain, and 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 it blew the whole circus, and he's Which like, can't you, can't you smell the popcorn? Can't yeah. you smell the peanuts? And this is all supposed to be getting Georgie to inch closer mm-hmm. and closer mm-hmm. and closer, and the whole that whole monologue. Do you think Pennywise's farts smell like popcorn, and that's why it smelled like popcorn? Yeah, right? definitely. He was down there just dropping ass. How do I <laughs> how do I sign up for that? I want popcorn farts. Just eat more popcorn. I, mean, I already have like pumpkin farts. It's kind of it's 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 we're kind of there, I guess. But you, yeah, that is weird that you have pumpkin smelling <laughs> farts <laughs> only around Halloween though, which is weird. And you don't even like pumpkin my, flavored my, stuff. My, my body is seasonal. What can I tell you? But uh, like to me. To me, if uh, to me, it was pretty unbelievable to to think that Georgie would have been drawn in by Skarsgård's uh, Pennywise. Well, he just looks creepy. He, he looks menacing from alien the bare head. Be- right. like, he almost has like, literally a huge like a big egg head. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And he looks menacing from the very beginning. Mm-hmm. Like even the way he talks. That's that's one of the things. That's one of the issues that I have with the the remake Pennywise mm-hmm. is that. He's, he never really sounds happy-go-lucky the way a clown would. He's always got that really gravelly voice, like, Hiya, Georgie! It's yeah, like, which I love it, though. I do, fucking, love, oh, yeah, it's, I do it's, love it. But... It's cool, but it wouldn't be a good tool to draw a child in. I agree. No, I, I, I you gotta completely be... agree. <laughs> happy-go-lucky. And the way, and the way that his, like, his smile goes all the way up to his eyes. Like, I do love, to I do love the makeup, but it only but serves not, to look creepy. It's not approachable, though, no. Like to a kid. Now, that being said, the flip side of that, though, is that sometimes kids are just... 
dumb fucks and <laughs> they will go towards a dangerous situation that is true i live with two of them i can vouch for that <laughs> like, like what would, would any of your kids just go up to a bill skarsgård clown if if no fuck no because <laughs> i've taught them well enough to stay away from all clowns because clowns suck but daddy would uh just to punch him in the face i'm not particularly afraid of clowns but something about clowns puts me off i'm like it seems it seems yeah, strange i agree even though i was one at a birthday party once. You were. And I was I a damn I was a damn good clown. Mm. I juggled, I made balloon animals and everything. Me and just, Carney. Just and clowning around a lot. I did the devil sticks. Yeah. Yeah. I was a good clown. Uh you want another one of these? Uh I would love one, yes. Um yeah, so get <sighs> Here, go Splitsville. Splitsville? Yeah. All pour right. pour that into there carefully. What were you gonna say? As far as uh, the Pennywise character himself, though, um, it's it's difficult. It's I I, pref- I I love the Tim Curry version of it mm-hmm. because he's so normal and so creepy at the same time. And mm-hmm. he's, that being said, though, the the remake version of him is so much more. It, there's more to him, you know. what I'm saying like there's more. You know, it's not, he's not just the clown. You know, it is not just Pennywise all the time. You know, it turns into the leper. It turns into uh, all the different things at the end when they're oh, fighting it, it, it off. Does in the ori- it does in the original miniseries, though, There's too. no leper in the miniseries. Not in the mini... No, but there's the uh, there's the werewolf. There's the... Uh, what the hell else is there? A mummy. The mummy. There's a mummy. We, there's haven't, a werewolf. we haven't seen that part yet. That's but they in don't, part but, two. But they don't... But they don't really dwell on them very much. And if you don't know that it's playing off their individual fears, it just kind of looks as though it's it's changing into random right. things. It, was it it was actually in the remake where they actually sit down and have a conversation and say we think yes. it we think it feeds off of our fears and, and becomes what we fear most. And it says that uh, one of the kids I forget which one uh, one of the kids though does have a fear of clowns, which is why Richie. Richie Is it Richie? Yeah. yeah. Yes, yes. In yes. the remake, yeah. Yes. Um I, I I think though that the the stuff that the remake added, though, especially at the end when they're down in uh, in the sewers, and in in the, in the house, and then down the well, and everything else, which is all so vastly different from from the the original from the miniseries to to the remake. Right. I mean, I don't think any of that's even there. No, the house lot. the house on Nebold Street. I don't think no. Is and and honestly, in the original miniseries that was that was one of the remakes strongest parts was all the stuff in the house oh yeah oh. oh my god i love that stuff dude oh man the fact the, the fact that's not even in the miniseries is a huge blow yeah um and they could they they because that that house serves it it's 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 kind of how they it's an integral piece of the story yeah like that's uh, the house on Nebolt street is is like he does live down in the 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 sewers mm-hmm. but the house on Nebolt street in the in the novel mm-hmm. is also where Pennywise spends a lot of his time and can be like they they confront him several times in that house yeah and then there's a whole uh like like a 2 hour long chapter about them traveling through the house and how the rooms change and morph into different things and like feed off their fears it's and stuff a like portal, that right like the yeah, house kind is of, essentially like, a, the portal to wherever this thing's from right so I'm I'm glad that they there there's a lot of things there's there's things in the original where I think back in the in the 1990 version that was if you go back and watch a lot of Stephen King adaptations from that era uh it's almost like they they took his stories and used them as 
backdrops as loose like a loose outline for what they wanted to make the movies into mm-hmm. you know obviously the shining is not, is not like the book at all but that's yeah. also because kubrick had his own vision of what he wanted it to be yeah fake, um, fake moon landing yeah the whole fake moon landing and all that you know <laughs> in the uh the uh genocide of american indians and whatnot. that's right that's right but uh um it's it's just but also like i said it's kind of an intimidating thing to make a to make a Stephen King adaptation because there's so much information in the books to go off of. Mm-hmm. So I think the remake did a really good job of injecting more of his story into it. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. But, it, it's, it's, but I'm really excited to see the second chapter because I want to see even more of it injected into it. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. I agree. Um, let's talk about Beverly. Okay. Because she's very different in the, the two movies too. And she's one of the characters, we, we started to talk about this earlier, she's one of the characters who I think that they nailed, uh, they they nailed down the character way only better. Only in the book. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> only in the book. <laughs> they they got the character right in the, in, in the remake. Yeah. Uh, not so much in the, in the, because she wasn't, she wasn't like this goody two-shoes girl like she she smoked and she swore and she was kind of a renegade you know mm-hmm. what i mean mm-hmm. and in the original they just made her seem like this timid little uh like goody two-shoes and i didn't like that like i i, I really liked what how they how they did it in the remake yep i agree i think that um the beverly character in the remake too was stronger yeah you know she like she had more of that independent badass feel so when she when she does step up mm-hmm it's way more believable. Right. Like in the, again, we go, I'm going back to the house scene, but the first time that they fight Pennywise and she jams that fucking like fence rod iron thing through its face, which is one of the best fucking scenes in the movie. In my opinion, the Mm -hmm. way that Pennywise reacts to that. And you can tell like, it's just a skin suit that this alien thing is wearing. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I I fucking love that. that, That's one of the things that was, it's very subtle things like the eyes. Like Pennywise's eyes being a little wonky, like how every time he he his mouth morphs into a bunch. No, of... not even that. Even when his his face is normal, if you look at his eyes, they're oh, a little they're wonky. Always kind of like going because off he's not every... actually using them. Right. It's just the skin suit. Yeah. Like there's nothing keeping him in place because he's not using him to look at anything. Yeah. And then when his mouth does come out, though, it's like a rubber mask, and everything just kind of goes cockeyed and wonky. Yeah, like his eyes sort just sort of like roll back. Yeah. Because they're they're just being stretched behind or the. The skin's being, being stretched pulled, over yeah. his, not really his true form, but what's the, the closest to his true form that they can see, yeah, that it, they can it's, comprehend. It, it's super, super cool. Uh, the Tim Curry version didn't have any of that stuff. No. You know? Um, so I thought that was, small things like that, though, really made the remake work. Mm-hmm. And like I said, when she stabs him in the head, you know, it, it's it's believable. It, it, they heard it, you right. know? like. Um, and her character in the remake, I think, is just it's just a better character overall. Yeah. You know, I, I they they can show more I, I they think can they, make her edgier. Yeah, they made her edgier, which she like I said, she is in the book, and I think they set her I think they set her up better for what's going to happen in chapter two when mm-hmm. she because um you know, she stood up to her father in chapter one and in chapter two she's gonna have to stand up to her abusive husband. So even though she is a renegade and a badass, she still is being kind of uh, dominated by mm-hmm. her horrible father. Yeah. And that's the part of her that's very, uh, very timid and, and kind of 
forced into a corner that's keeping her as a like a captive child you know mm-hmm. and in the and in chapter two that same thing's gonna happen with her husband and she's gonna have to stand up to him victoriously and yep. uh and i think they set her up better for that in i agree because you know she like pushes her dad and smashes the shit out of his face and eventually you know you know what i mean like I think I think when that she when she spoilers when she hits her dad with the fucking top of the toilet bowl, <laughs> yeah. it, I was just like, oh, like that that is, that is one of the most painful scenes uh-huh. in that whole movie. Yeah, because I can imagine getting hit by one of those. She, fuck, well, she killed him. Oh, that yeah, that would kill straight you straight up. Killed him, yeah. but like, holy shit! <laughs> like you expect you you expected when he opens that shower curtain that like there's gonna be a window and she jumped out is of it or like something. I'll, yeah. Because there's like a little bit of a light back there. Nope. And, no. Toilet no. tank to the face. Oh. Or tank cover, rather. Tank, oh, the, I'd almost rather get by the tank itself. Because <laughs> it'd be the, so the, awkward. The, that porcelain might break a little easier <laughs> my, on my on my dome. On my face. Um, speaking of characters that are uh, way different in two movies, uh, Henry Bowers, mm. the leader of the bully kids. Yep. So incredibly different. And you I know, actually, and this is this is one of the characters that I another another one of the characters that I liked so much more in the remake. Yeah, well, there's uh, so much more depth to his character yeah, in the remake. Right. You know, not only the 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 pivotal scene of him wanting to carve his name into um, Ben into Ben's like belly. Mm-hmm. You know, in the in the in the TV show, the the TV series. You know they can't show somebody carving a name into right. someone's belly, so they don't. They so basically he just bypass says, it. So he just says he's going to. Yeah. And then Ben kicks kicks and, him and falls over the edge of that and, into that ravine. And Henry Bauer's friends are just like, "What are you doing?" Like, mm-hmm. like even then, that that that's their line right there. In the remake, they all go along with it. Like he's, uh, Belch does tell him to stop. But but he doesn't stop him though. No, which is how it goes in the novel. Like they he he's holding him there and about to carve his stomach up and they and they think he's just kind of like you know he's gonna tease him a little bit and put the blade up to his stomach and then he ends up starting to carve into him yeah just like dude what are you doing and then but then they but so, then they eventually just keep going with it because like, i'm gonna i'm gonna carve my own name and do his fucking fat boy right because they can't because they can't really says. stand up to him because he's their their ringleader yeah i just but uh, just the just the look of the character i didn't i didn't like that they made him a greaser in the 1990 version uh, yeah, because he's supposed to be. He's a he's a hick, like he's a farm boy, you mm-hmm. know. And I thought I thought that they did that really well in the uh, in the in the remake. In the remake, I also think that in the in the remake they added way more to his dynamic with his dad. Mm-hmm. I'm not even sure it's even in the the miniseries. No, no, yeah. So it's like you no, see you just him. Get, you, he's just an asshole. Yeah, but you see him though get the fear put into him, and it's kind of it makes you feel kind of bad for him. Sure. Like when his dad, like he's so he. There's a scene where he's out with a couple of his buddies shooting his dad's gun because mm-hmm. his dad's a police officer. And they're going to shoot a cat. Right, he's about to shoot a cat because he's a psychopath, and uh, his dad comes home and confronts him, and then fires a few rounds off at his feet, and Nothing like a little fear to make a paper man crumble. Yeah, like you, <laughs> like all of a sudden you see this kid who you think this whole time is just this like just this badass piece of shit and then you see him become a complete coward in front of his father and 
and like and you see that it kind of breaks him like it like oh, it yeah. mentally breaks oh, yeah. him and he, you can you can tell that this is not the first it's not the first time that this has happened between him but and I his can't father, blame so his dad I can't blame his dad for doing it though because his dad knows that he's a little shit well I, he shouldn't his fight, dad's a bit of an asshole shouldn't don't get fire me wrong. rounds off at his feet though but he but he but the dad though also understands that with that kind of personality a simple him just being like, oh, don't do that, son's not going to work, though. I think his dad's at the end of his rope, too. But he is the way he is because of who his father is. His father is a, a horrible, racist, abusive piece of shit. So, it's, uh... Which yeah, is, which is I, this is an, this is another thing that you pick up way more in the novel. It's yeah. like... See, uh, I guess in the, since I haven't the, read it, though, the, from the movie perspective, I don't get right, the, you don't the get racist the, You don't get the racist I mean, thing, yeah. but uh, which, obviously, the way the way in the movie, the way Henry talks to Mike... That's true. It comes you, from somewhere, You obviously right? know that he's a racist, and you, you don't just pick that up out of nowhere. Like, you, you know, you imitate what you see, which probably comes from your parents. So yeah. you see that... You see that in the movie a little bit, but in the story you get a much bigger because there's actually kind of a feud between the Hanlon family and the Bowers family. Oh, there is. Okay. Yeah, and there's okay. there's a lot of you know that N- makes, that N- makes words more sense. and horrible things and people killing each other's pets and stuff like that. So. I got you. Okay, so there's way more to that story at least yeah, from absolutely. the source material. Yeah, gotcha. definitely. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, I yeah, I I like though, like I said, the way they handled him in the uh, in the remake uh, a, a thousand times better. You make him you, it makes you care about the character, even if it's just to hate him more or whatever. Like, right. You just care about him more. Yeah. You know, uh, and the fact that he spoilers uh, spikes his dad in the neck with the same kind of knife you have, by the way. So don't ever get uh, Pennywise. It's not the same kind of knife I have. Yeah, it's a switchblade. It's, it's. I don't have a switch. I'm just saying it's close enough. <laughs> uh, my technically my technically the knife that I have, which is just an assisted open, wouldn't do that to your neck if you opened it. It would well, stop at some point. I'm not uh, sure that his would have would have done it either, though. The natural the natural state. I actually didn't know this until a little while ago. But the natural state of a switchblade is in its open position. Okay. Like if you if you open a switchblade against something, it's nothing's gonna stop it from opening, because hmm. its natural state is in its open position. So that's why when he puts it up to his dad's neck and he just pushes the trigger, it goes. And Fair. I don't know if that kind of. I actually don't. In the '80s, I don't know if that kind of assist, uh, assisted open blade existed. I feel like that kind of wanted to look big oversight. I kind of wanted to look it up and find out if that like that type of model with that. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> rather than the rather than the push button switchblade that we're all used to, mm-hmm. like the actual slide forward spring assisted, I don't know. Yeah, this, this is dork talk. We don't need to talk about it. Dork talk. Dork talk. But um, uh, I, did you ever did you did you ever, did you ever look at uh, Henry Bowers though and just think, oh, that's that's totally Sid from Toy Story. <laughs> I didn't, but I see that now. Yeah, it's exactly who it is. Like crossing, crossing the streams. It's exactly who it is. <laughs> crossing the streams. Um, I think that the uh, the remake too also had better imagery. Yeah. Uh, a lot of times, there's one scene in particular right after the first time that you see the lever, mm-hmm. and uh, there's Pennywise basically standing behind this uh, behind the the, the old oh, the, house, the giant triangle, with the giant balloons. triangle balloons. For some reason, shapes in horror movies, especially when it has to do with, with like otherworldly creatures, mm-hmm. shapes are creepy, and I don't know why that is. 
It's like in the void. I was just going to say the triangle and the the void. Yeah, yeah. upside down triangles are just creepy. I don't know why it is. (laughs) No, I it like that sounds silly, but I I totally get what you're saying. There's something very unnatural about, especially. Could you even make a formation of balloons like that? It wouldn't be easy. There's Uh, just something so unnatural about when Eddie, after he's chased by the leper, and he turns back around and he sees Pennywise standing there. It's it's creepy a because there's suddenly a giant triangle of red balloons which mm-hmm. seems unnatural in and of itself but also the fact that Pennywise is obscured by them so you yeah. can only see like the bottom half of them mm-hmm. and then he slowly brings it up and you see his face it's so creepy it is super creepy um one of the one of the more glaring things that we're sorry we're jumping all over the place here but like, oh that's just one how the, this is gonna go one of the more glaring things about the two movies that you'll notice right away is that in the original miniseries part one. You get the older kids, you know. It jumps back and forth. It's basically you you meet the you meet the characters when they're older, right? And then they they think about their past or they they reminisce about their past, and that's how it tells the story. And in in that way, it, in that way, the miniseries is more true to the novel. Yes, yeah. yeah. Um, which I which is actually a, I almost feel like the the novel might be easier to follow because I've heard a lot of people talk about how it's a it's a hard book to read because mm. it jumps around so much. It does jump around. And a lot. I feel as though separating the two into two chapters maybe may could have been a better choice for the novel just to keep your eras a little bit more straight. You know. Yeah, I mean, uh, then with the novel, it's really not that hard to follow. Um, I I kind of I kind of like I kind of like the flashback thing, and I think that they're actually gonna it's the the second chapter is actually going to morph into that. You're gonna, you're gonna be introduced to the characters in their late thirties, and then they're gonna start because we've already seen that the cast for the second chapter includes mm-hmm. all the kid all the child yeah, actors yeah. again. So you're gonna you're gonna be. It, it's going to go the way of the, the miniseries. Good. You're going to in, be introduced to the older characters, and then they're going to start flashing back to memories that they had as kids. Yeah. And it's going to go back and forth, I think. So basically, it's going to kind of flip-flop. I'm pretty sure the second chapter of the miniseries... Is mostly adults. mostly adults. Yeah. And if I remember uh, correctly, uh, no, it's they, not as good. The, no, they still do, they still do, do they? flashback, because you still have to see... Uh, I know for sure you still have to see Stan confront the mummy... Oh yeah, that's true. You know what I mean. That's true. I'm trying to think if there's really any other uh, like big. Yeah, that might be it actually. Yeah. Because they're talking about Stan because he's dead now because he mm-hmm. committed suicide at the end of the mini the first part of the miniseries. Mm-hmm. So that actually might be the f- I can't remember, but that might be the one of the only times that they flash back to when they're children because. Uh, one of them is saying, you know, he never told anybody else, but he told me about this experience that yeah. he had when yeah. when we were younger. So. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how they handle the the second chapter. Did you ever have any experiences when you were younger, James? Any experiences yeah. at all? Like with, I don't, I don't like think with, so. Uh, Most like like t- with a dancing clown. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll leave those for another time. <laughs> That's for the butt kill podcast. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I um I do like though. I liked the original miniseries of how it did jump back and forth. Mm-hmm. Even though it can be more, I think in the in novel form, I think it's more confusing. In a visual medium, you haven't read the novel, though. No, I'm just saying though. In a visual medium, though, at least it's very obvious what you're watching. Right. You know what I'm saying? In a novel, if you miss the fact that it jumped, you could be confused for a, you know, 
four or five pages out of a chapter. Yeah, it's it's really not hard to follow. Like there's there's pretty major distinctions between the time periods that you're, you. that that the novels existing in at okay. the time. So okay. it's uh it's it's not hard to follow. But there are but then there will be side chapters where they go back seventy years in the past to tell mm-hmm. a different story. You know what I mean? That's I mean that's just Stephen King for you where he'll just go off on some tangent about something a else. Rock. Because he goes, he goes. You know, this this stuff's been going on in Derry with Pennywise for uh, like two hundred years or something like that. Mm-hmm. So you you get all of that in the novel, which you never really get much of that in either of these movies. I would love to see a prequel to to it, like that that Stephen King writes, mm-hmm. so it's canon. Mm-hmm. But like where the monster came from, like give them give give it. A bit of a backstory. He doesn't need to explain everything, right. but like back in uh, Derry, way back in the day, and all that stuff. Read the book. Oh, does it? It, it explains it does all it? that. Oh, okay. Yeah. okay, that's why I'm saying it goes back hundreds well, of years. Fine. It a even third... goes back millennia to kind of describe because there's they mentioned the turtle a couple times. Oh yeah, the turtle in the uh, in in the the remake. I don't think they ever really mentioned the turtle in the original. They mentioned turtle the the turtle though in other Stephen King books. Right. Basically, the turtle in the the Stephen King universe is it's kind of the the creator. Like he he's this giant cosmic turtle who created everything. How much weed did he smoke oh, when dude. he was writing this stuff? You gotta you gotta read um, on writing uh, Stephen King's Stephen King's uh, like biographical mm-hmm. book is his fiction or a nonfiction book. Where he describes a, a lot of like, basically the drugs that he was using at the time of each story that he wrote. It's pretty wild. Um, Fucking weird. Yeah, there's because you've said before. I can't remember what it was, but like there was there was one movie where he was drinking a lot. There was or one novel where he was drinking a lot. There was one novel where he was doing a ton of blow. Mm-hmm. There was one novel where he was smoking a bunch of weed, and you can kind of pick up on the differences in the writing. Depending yeah. on what his vice was at the time, yeah, it's really strange. Um, so the so the um, the original 1990s version could have been so different. Have you ever read about who was attached to direct this movie? George A. Romero uh, did a ton of pre-production work. Really, on this movie as well as Pet Cemetery. I've I've, couple, I've heard couple, about Pet Cemetery a couple years before this. Yeah, um, and he had to bomb out of both of them. He was he bombed out of doing this. Because he was doing the remake of Night of the Living Dead mm. that I believe Tom Savini directed, mm-hmm. uh, he was he, had his, he was knee deep in that, so he couldn't. His scheduling stopped him from doing this. Yeah, can you imagine how different of a movie this 1990s version would be? I honestly if George can't. Romero. I honestly can't. It? I don't know. Like I can't even imagine what he would have done with it. Oh man, I think it would have been amazing. Oh, I'm sure it would have. Vastly just, but, different too. Yeah, like I can't. I can't even like wrap my head around what that would have been like. You know. It would have been so, awesome. It would have been absolutely amazing. And then also, um, Malcolm McDowell was originally in talks to play Pennywise. You might imagine that. He was in talks to play Pennywise? Yep. Really? Yeah, Malcolm, Malcolm McDowell. McDowell. Man, that would have been weird. Very weird. I don't know if I would have liked that as I much. I don't think that it would have worked, quite frankly. I really, I really just don't think it would have worked. Although, you know, Skip... Skip forward thirty years, and his character that he played in um, Thirty One mm-hmm. was kind of like a, he's kind of a clown in a sense. I guess like with his big powdered wig and his his over the top antics and stuff. 
True. But still, but still not Tim Curry Pennywise. You yeah. know, I, I, yeah. don't, I just don't think it would have worked. I, I I think one of the reasons I like Tim Curry's Pennywise better. I, I keep going back to this. Is is just because it's played more straight. Yeah. Um, and I take it back. Not that I liked it better, but why I love his character. Mm-hmm. You know, there. It's. It, I keep going back and forth on which one I think does a better job because they're so vastly different. Um, Tim Curry plays it more straight, like like we talked about earlier. He's a clown. Yeah. He's a clown that has that that, that can on just spin on his heels and suddenly he's this creepy alien dude. Mm-hmm. Um, in the remake, I and I thought maybe it wouldn't be as bad this time around. I still fucking hate the stutter run that he does a few oh, times yeah. in the movie. And a couple times it's actually done with CG and it looks fucking terrible. Yeah. It I, looks really bad. I tried to rewatch it with fresh eyes thinking there was some, like, like stylistically maybe there was a very important choice or a very important reason for not, that choice. It's really not, not though. It's like, especially a, the one where he's running out of the clown room. Yeah. Is that one That's bad. super bad? Yeah, it's just like why would you, like, as a director, why would you watch that and just just take the effect off of it and yeah. have him run out of the room? Right, because speed the film up. Fine, you can do something right. like that, but you don't. You do not need the like CGI enhanced version of that scene. Like, yeah, it, it because, just doesn't do because anything. the one when he's in the cellar when he's using Georgie as a puppet. Yeah, and he you know comes up out of like it's he's still doing that weird stutter run kind of thing but it's straight on there's no cam like i mean there's obviously camera tricks to speed them up but there's no there's none of this like weird wonky uh, like yeah the camera spinning on a di- like on an axis to make the background look strange mm-hmm. it looked way better but when he's running out of the clown room at that one point in time it looks really bad which i guess i can kind of get it in a way because the house on kneebolt street is supposed to be like his his fun house, you know, like he, he can pretty much make you see whatever he, no, he wants you to see there. And I get that, but stylistically it doesn't fit the rest of the movie. No, not at all. It stands out like a sore thumb. Even all, all, although, the, C, even all the CG at the, at the end. Although at the end where uh, um, Beverly wakes up down in the sewer and she sees she sees him doing the little dance, Yeah, that was all that same kind of effect, but I actually really liked it. I thought it looked... Uh, yeah. Because there was because there was something, it was supposed to look like a you know like funhouse like, like that, well yeah. like yeah like an old circus funhouse penny show or something like that and it looked so unnatural I thought it looked pretty cool mm-hmm. but I thought it only worked there though yeah like it, it looked weird I else. I did love the flying kids at the end of the remake that was cool that was was that in the novel I'm um, assuming that it probably was no. Really? I don't think so. Oh, well, interesting. Well, like I said, yeah, I'll it, let you know when I get to the end, but I don't think so. It's basically all the kids that have gone missing are in stasis, just hovering in this weird... Yeah, spinning in this weird... Yeah, like vortex or yeah. whatever you want to call it. <laughs> I don't know. It was really cool, though. Um, that was awesome. I think we're, we're, we're wrapping up here or whatever, but I, I'd be remiss to say one of my favorite lines from, from the remake, and that is uh, Richie looking at Ben after he gets sliced up and he goes, look at this motherfucker. He's leaking hamburger helper. <laughs> so I, mean. I cracked <laughs> up so much in that line. <laughs> <laughs> I thought they did, they, did such, they did such a better job in the remake of making you feel sorry for Ben. Because mm-hmm. he was. He was like, oh, such a... I actually I thought a, the, a, like I just I, I I'm like Beverly just love him he loves you so much, and that's another thing the the um 
January embers, my my heart burns there too. Your hair yeah. is autumn fire. Like, why would you not cast a redhead in the original miniseries? That whole uh, yeah, that whole yeah. poem is about the 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 fiery red color of her hair, and yeah. then you 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 cast a brunette. Um, yeah. Like, come the, on. The last the last point that I want to talk about here is. A lot of people, I've, I've read a lot about how people interpret what this book is supposed to be about, or what the story is supposed to be about, mm-hmm. and a lot of people interpret it as it's literally them battling with their own personal fears, and Pennywise isn't real, and that, you know, it's it's just a manifestation of their fears, and, and, and it's how kids are dealing with being adults before they're ready to be adults, mm-hmm. which actually makes a lot more sense with all the, the sexual stuff that King yeah. puts in there. Right. Like, like when, when she's... Excuse me. When she's basically banging them all before they go into the uh, the, fi- the final battle when they're kids. Well, this is after the final battle, actually. Well, whatever it what whatever yeah. it is, uh, in in the novel, it's basically like they're having sex, but they don't really realize what it is. They they know they know what sex is, obviously, but like emotionally, they're they're tackling these things right. where their twelve year old brains just don't get it yet. Right. And so there's there's a lot of like built in stuff to that. Mm-hmm. I kind of liked how in the um in in the in the in the original that's very much how it can be portrayed uh and actually it is how it's portrayed with with the with the adult sections how it's like these childhood fears that just kind of come back mm-hmm. to them and it's, it's their insecurities and this and that yep. and they you know face your demons head on and this and that in the remake it's almost it's it's a lot more of a physical thing like pennywise can get hurt and injured he is a physical entity that they are fighting like mm-hmm. even though even though there's that in the original too i felt like the remake um took it less out of the realm of of it being mental mm-hmm. and made it more like real life this is a thing there's a, an actual like space demon that is holed up in this house right like like, like in the in the original the the kind of toward the toward the end of the film when they're all standing there in their circle you know, trying to mm-hmm. keep strong in their circle. And he's coming up and he's, like, at one point he comes up with werewolf hands and puts his hands on the shoulders of uh, of Richie. Yeah. You know, like, he's going to each of them trying to break them from their circle through their fears, which, like you say, it's it's almost like they're tackling something, something that's not really there. Yeah. They're just, they're just defeating their, or, like, facing their fears. But it's still, I mean, it's still, I I understand where people are coming from with the idea that maybe it's not actually, like, something tangible, and mm-hmm. it's just something that they're battling well, internally. In the original, they literally beat it with a hunk of silver and and a, a, a fucking inhaler spray. But it's like, also... not things that would ever kill a monster in real But life. it's also the idea of them in standing... <laughs> it's also the idea of them standing strong together because it feeds on fear. Sure. Like, the creature itself feeds on fear, and if they're no longer afraid of it, then it becomes vulnerable. But in the remake, she stabs a wrought iron bar through its head and physically hurts it. Right. <laughs> but that, the same kind of thing happens in the final battle where they all stand strong against true, it and it becomes vulnerable. That's true, I suppose. You know? Um one of the the last thing I'll the last thing I'll say about it is I, I said earlier I would I would love to see I would personally love to see just a series of this. Jeez, what is wrong with me tonight? A series of this where they could just they could literally tell all the stories, the whole yeah. thing. Because I think the I think the overarching villain in this entire in the in the novel really is that it's it's dairy. It's not so much 
Pennywise or mm-hmm. Bob or the Gray, kids Bob or, yeah. Gray or whatever. Like in the 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 book is so much more bleak, and it just it makes you realize that the the villain all along is the entire town of Derry. Yeah. Like yeah. there's something wrong with the town, and that hasn't really come across in either one of the either one of the movies so far. So if they tackle that in the second chapter, I think that'll be pretty cool, but I don't think they will because it's it's something that happens. Kind of a mute point at this point. It's something that happens has to happen on such a huge scale that I don't think they would ever actually be able to get it done. Yeah. Like the end of the book is just nuts. The in the end of the book, the entire town falls apart. Oh, really? Like it literally they dis- like they go down and they fight him in the sewers and the sewers cave in and then the entire town falls into the sewers. Hmm. Interesting. So it's like I said, I don't think that you could ever pull it off to... They're going to keep the focus on Pennywise and the and the kids. Gotcha. You know what I mean? Well, on that note... Yeah. There we go. There we go. <laughs> uh, that was... That's that's it. Like, if, you, if you've not seen either of them, I don't know why the hell you're still listening to this. Because... Uh, yeah. Go watch it, stupid. <laughs> go, go watch the movies because they're <laughs> amazing. Um but uh but yeah so um, for next week yeah if there's any if, if there's anything I'm, there's uh, there's plenty of talking points that we didn't bring up so if there's anything else that you guys want to talk about mm-hmm. hit us up on our social media and we can uh we can hammer it out there so uh but before i talk about our social media we're gonna roll for next week to uh, see... yeah so being that this is uh stephen king month uh, we have retrofit all of our categories to stephen king stuff all so stephen king all month we, long, uh, we are going to roll and we're gonna see what we get here all right, cool. Snake eyes. Snake eyes. Number two. All right, so this is a standard movie picks the beer, which uh, we've already picked it out. Uh, we're gonna do the. Uh, I have it down as the king's cars. We can change that. That's fine. The king's <laughs> chariot. Uh, yes, the king's chariot. Uh, uh, so yeah, it's gonna be uh, Christine. Yeah. And maximum overdrive. Maximum overdrive. And I believe we're going to bring in our uh well, we got to see if he's available. We're we're going to bring in our buddy Tank hopefully for this one yeah, cuz he uh, did want to come in and talk about this, maximum this, overdrive. This was actually his idea for uh, an episode a while ago yeah. and it happened to fit with this. So put it on there and uh yeah. So Tank, we're uh we're going to give you a call tomorrow. Yeah, buddy. you out. Uh, all right, so if you want to find us on social media, you can find us on SoundCloud, Facebook, and Instagram at the Buzzed Kill Podcast. And you can find us on Twitter at the Buzzed Kill PC. Also, uh, you can find us anywhere your favorite podcasts are uh, streaming because yeah. we're there. Yeah. Uh, and if you want to rate this episode, you can give it 27 years. You can give it, yeah, give us a 27 out of 10. That's that's <laughs> that's what I want you to do. If you want to find J-Rod, you can find me on all social media at Ocean Recording. And also check out www.oceanrecordingstudio.com for all your fantastic audio needs. I just love it. It's like poetry every time I hear it. It, it just dawned on me that we never even touched on the fact that the the it creature comes back every 27 years we yeah, never we did. never even touched on it yeah we talked about it earlier oh, okay. when we were talking about the beer oh speaking of the beer <laughs> ah. all right cheers boys cheers try to have a good night <laughs>